Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Happy, happy November 9th. I uh, hope that you are well, well and safe wherever you are today. Lots to talk about, of course, and courtesy of our sponsor, Monaco Brewing. We'll be checking in with Kirk Bankstead, I believe, tomorrow. He's got a tasting coming up on Friday. We'll fill you in more about that during the show. And in case you missed my announcement yesterday, I haven't. I, we, we probably need to do like a promo and do a, a Facebook post. And I know Jerry's working on stuff. And, and uh, we want to make sure that you know that beginning on Monday... We will be going for two hours. We're driving it home through rush hour, or what uh, traditionally, at least when most of us were growing up, maybe was rush hour. Now it really starts at like two, goes till eight or nine. Who knows? Um, or sometimes the roads are empty at four o'clock. You're like, I want a prize. So either way, I will be going from five to seven. We're driving it home and uh, thrilled to be here for an extra hour of conversation, more guests, and maybe have a little bit more fun sometimes. It's been a very stressful year heading into this uh, midterm election and incredibly proud of people all over this country who pushed back. And of course, we're going to have pockets. We're going to have Florida just dangling there, uh, mucking it up for the rest of us. Uh, And uh, for people who live there who do uh, value human rights, uh, that's they've got a whole Florida. Well, somebody was to talk to some experts from Florida uh, or people who know much more about their economy, the culture, uh, the mentality. But I will say this. Uh, so many good things happened yesterday. I want to congratulate not just the winners of many of the races yesterday. I want, I, in particular, I want to congratulate justice elect for the Supreme Court, Elizabeth Rochford. Justice-elect for the Supreme Court, Mary Kay O'Brien, and and judge-elect, well, he's already a judge, so judge-elect for the appellate court, Chris Kennedy, among many, 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 many other winners, obviously, across the state of Illinois, their state and local races. Uh, My boss would love to congratulate uh, Controller Susanna Mendoza, uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker, uh, uh, now Secretary of State Alexi Janulius, uh, Treasurer Michael Ferricks, and uh, and I want to congratulate the the folks who are out there really... um, doing the hard work of volunteering, of calling, writing postcards, out there campaigning, informing people about their candidates, registering people to vote. And I want to congratulate the people of Illinois. Regardless of how you feel about the people that won in your area, uh, I hope that you know that your voice is being heard. Uh, You may not have been victorious in everything that you saw yesterday, and and some people might be licking their wounds today and trying to figure out a way forward. Uh, Please know that uh, it works. Showing up works. And we saw that in Michigan. Holy moly. We're going to talk to Dan Schaefer in just a little bit because Dan Schaefer, who is from Milwaukee and is the uh, publisher of Recombobulation Area, he'll be joining us at 530 to talk about the races in Wisconsin. Of course, incredibly thrilled that Governor Ed Evers was victorious, uh, disappointed in Mandela Barnes's uh, just short of success there and a few other races that might have been uh, attainable. Who, by the way, let's move a little farther west. Who would have thought that there was a possibility that, that Lauren Boebert might be kicked out of the house. I'm sorry. I just... I did, it did, it, but it reminds us 
that it is possible that the polling can be BS, that the assumption like, well, that's not winnable, that's not flippable. We have to stop doing that. And if you believe in, again, this goes to anybody, but I'm going to talk to the, I'm going to talk to the progressives who believe in human rights, who believe in our freedoms, who believe in protecting the environment and creating a world where our, our kids and our families are safe, where our jobs uh, not only help us to survive, but help us thrive. Uh, I really, uh, we should look at that race and go, you know what? Anything is possible because people wrote that race off. It wasn't even something anyone was paying attention to. So let's uh, let, let's take that to the next election. It is it, we have we have the city election coming up in Chicago, just coming up in February. So uh, and I think there are other municipalities that have races as well, but for sure, Chicago, our aldermanic races and our mayoral race uh, is coming up in February. So let's pay attention and uh, to some of these races too. We are not going to let the, our foot off the gas. What I learned yesterday personally campaigning uh, over the weekend, in fact, um, was a, a confrontational uh, situations that I had not had with strangers. I mean, I've gotten in heated arguments with friends who are conservatives uh, and even friends who I agree with. And we but we don't uh, we what's my friend Amy Guth say? Or I don't know if it's somebody else's quote, but uh, we can disagree, but let's not be disagreeable. And I try that very hard sometimes, especially when people are being uh, belligerent and confrontational. And when I ran for office for the 19th district, there were people I disagreed with. And uh, as somebody who was trying to win people over, I took a different tact. I wanted to be able to have conversations with anybody. And for the most part, I don't really remember anyone getting too contentious, except when it came to abortion. I do remember being on a couple of, of porches. One woman knew me from my previous radio show, said that she liked me and what I did for kids with uh, disabilities. And she, but she said, uh, but you believe in killing babies. And I was like, oh, here we go. And that happened uh, just a few, a few times uh, when I was out campaigning on my race. What I saw um, first at Seltzer Library, uh, I was campaigning for Tennille Jackson, who was the Green Party candidate. I, I, you know, and thank you for folks who have reached out to me. And look, uh, she was a Green Party candidate. They don't take any money from, from corporations. Uh, we are committed to electing uh, Democrats. And I do believe that Tennille reflected the values of our party and what our goals are. And I was out there at, at Seltzer Library in Lincoln Square, which is is for the most part a fairly progressive area. Only <laughs> this one guy, and the way he was walking, I could tell we were going to have an issue because he just came at me because I was playing a folk song. I, I had pulled up a playlist on YouTube of workers' songs and about uh, you know coming together and and uh, you know fighting the big guys. And uh, he heard the word San Francisco, and that triggered him. Uh, he yelled at me, "Your candidate's a communist!" Without any exchange not, without any information not even knowing who it was just because he heard the words san francisco in the song and the reason i know that was when he came back out he came in and i and i said can i can i ask you a question um just can you t- can you tell me why you just yelled that my candidate was a communist without any further information he goes yeah yeah well i, I heard your uh, i heard your music there and i heard san francisco i mean don't get me wrong it's a good song and 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 we we started to have a conversation he is uh in law enforcement uh believes the media is lying doesn't tell the whole story. Uh, and I actually talked to another cop who told me that this guy's kind of a little bit off his rocker. Um, but he was really content, like the way he yelled at me. And this is the thing is um, there are folks out there who are, you know, putting their heart and soul in these campaigns and they weather a lot. So when going forward, if you could do me a favor, once when someone has a clipboard or they have a piece of campaign information, uh, they're they're handing it to you because they really believe or maybe and maybe they're maybe they're hired, whatever. But 
can we give human beings the benefit of the doubt that they're not trying to pull something over on you or that they're attacking you personally? Because if you don't want the information or you do not want to sign the clipboard, all you have to do is say, no, thank you. Can we just can we just do that? Just no, thank you. That's all it takes. I get it. I've been, I, and I had, look, I had a woman uh, approach me on Michigan Avenue the other day. I was taking my mom down for a doctor's appointment, and I went for a walk while she was uh, having a test done. And I was just, you know, kind of, I, I know this is hard for you guys to believe, but I, I have a little bit of attention deficit issues. And so my mind was wandering. I was probably daydreaming or something. And all of a sudden, this really tall, really cute, but overly energetic girl just just kind of jumped up in my path and I was really caught off guard and I just, I just started laughing because it was so jarring and so contrary to my mood at the moment so I get that like people kind of cross maybe your personal space or you, you just you, ugh, you hate people take a breath and just say no thank you and, and I laughed I, I she was probably confused because I was just so surprised and thrown off I just started laughing but what happened yesterday out in Lake County uh, College of Lake County I think is where I was um, at a polling place campaigning for Judge Chris Kennedy in his race for the appellate court. And um, because Maggie O'Keefe also was out there and I uh, was helping out her campaign for uh, Lake County Board uh, clerk was uh, Anthony Vega. So I was also, they're called palm cards. They tend to be uh, maybe like a four by six, like a postcard. Some people have business cards, just a name for you to remember in the booth. And the reason we do that is there are people who don't have a candidate in mind for some of those big races. And sometimes that personal contact, that story, like yesterday, the woman who whose nephew was running for board and she had his picture on a card. She said, my nephew's running to be on the Lake County board. Please consider him, whatever. And uh, and she was it was funny because she was a little she was a little much for me. So I, I just she she every time she would hand the card, she would especially if she saw a military baseball hat or if she saw someone like uh, there was one woman who was Polish and she and she would lean in she, like you, you get to you figure out how to read people. Like for me, if they were wearing a mask or if they had uh, dyed hair, I would think maybe they were more progressive. And but I wouldn't I didn't say to anybody uh, I didn't say to anybody he's really liberal. I, I would say maybe. Uh, uh, he's backed by personal pack and Planned Parenthood. If they were more conservative, this is all true. He was also endorsed by uh, firefighters unions and by law enforcement. So I, I would also try to tailor it. But she would lean in. She'd go, he's a, my, my nephew's conservative and he's a real patriot. And she would do that. And then whenever there was somebody with a mask, she would go like this. She would go, they're yours, um, which is fine. It was it, it was a little amusing, but we were uh, uh, we were congenial. She was just a little haughty. But then this woman and I'll never, it, it's just, and I, unfortunately, I videotaped it. And I don't think it, it, it translates because it had been happening for over an hour and about an hour. And I'm like, I'm going to go Facebook Live and see if this lady keeps it up. So on their way in, there were about four people coming in. And I, I had my card and I said, would you consider my friend uh, Chris Kennedy, who's running for appellate court? And they took the card and looked at it and they saw the words pro-choice and flipped their lids. They lost their minds, shoved the card back at me. She started yelling at me about how I wasn't supposed to be there. She didn't say that before she saw the card. She was willing to take the information before she saw that it said pro-choice on it. And uh, I said, okay, well, thanks for coming. She's like, don't thank me. I'm not doing you any favors. I'm like, and I get that I can be aggressively giddy. Uh, and I get that I did, because the, what's the alternative is to start yelling back at this woman and be aggressive. Uh, maybe that's what they want. I don't know. So, so she goes in. Oh, no, she was yelling at me about the spirit of the law. Because There's a cone there, folks. There's a certain amount of distance that 
campaigners, electioneering is allowed to happen at a polling site. And like I said, that last touch can be very successful in certain races, especially when it's close, especially down ballot. It's that last touch of my friend, my nephew. Uh, please consider this person if you haven't already uh, chosen somebody. Here's some information. Here's who they're endorsed by. Chris Kennedy had his work history as a prosecutor, as a criminal judge, uh, working for families who have children with disabilities. It had that information on there so you could have a bigger picture of just this name that maybe you hadn't looked up in the Bar Association or all the other resources. Um, but she started yelling at me about the spirit of the law. And I said, well, the law is that I can stand here. She's like, you're ignoring the spirit of the law. And I'm like, well, the intent of the law and the law itself they didn't want us to be closer than I am now. So that is both the intent and the actual law. Wow, did that set her off. She came back out, was yelling at me again about how I shouldn't be there. Now, mind you, the other conservative woman had left for lunch. And now another uh, Democrat was out campaigning for, uh, they had a sample ballot of Democrats. And uh, she went off on both of us, lost her ever-loving mind. Uh, she was yell every time I would try to talk to a voter coming by. She would say, "Yeah, I would say my." And at least she waited till I was done talking. I would hand them the card and say, "Please consider my friend Chris Kennedy." Here's some voting information. And as soon as I handed them the card, she would yell, "These." He's pro-abortion. He loves abortion. So she was yelling. And and so absolutely it's her First Amendment right to protest and be out there. It's not the, you know, it's certainly not the character of that day. It's not what we're out there to do. But if that's what she wants to do is protest and yell over my shoulder and be completely uh, belligerent and contrary to uh, the um, essence of what we're out there for. I, I, you know, oh, and so. I, here's what I didn't do. She was yelling at me, harassing me, uh, you know, yelling at me constantly. She drove she drove out and bought, got some uh, Bailey, uh, Governor Bailey, you know, Bailey for governor signs and was walking around with that. You can see her behind me in my Facebook live video. And uh, you know what I didn't do? I did not call the police. I did not go into the voting location and complain to the, the judges of election because guess who did? She did. She went in. She called and she called 911 on me. The cops came by. They said hi. Uh, they had been by earlier, asked me how it was going. The judge of election came out and said, uh, he said, is this your uh, blanket on the tree? My, it was windy yesterday and I had this light blanket that I had been using to cover up my campaign uh, buttons when I went into the bathroom and it blew on the tree. And I was like, he said, get your, get your, get your blanket off my tree. I think he wanted to feel like he was yelling at me for her. And that was it. He was like, all right, she's, uh, she's not doing anything wrong out here. And, uh, she continued and, and then it became a standoff. It was, uh, basically an act of attrition at that point. We were, uh, I, I needed to get here and I wanted to re- relax a little bit because it was really cold and windy yesterday, and I was just really glad that she finally gave up. But my reason of telling you this story, and perhaps you heard a little bit of this yesterday, is uh, I, this is, you know, we, we talk about how we need to be able to talk to each other. And at one point, when she was yelling at me about Chris Kennedy, she would tell people, Chris Kennedy believes in uh, aborting babies, and, and Bailey doesn't. And I, and I turned around and I go, they're not even running in the same race. So, I, I know that. You think I'm stupid? And I, and I, I withheld my opinion on that. But... Like, even in this exchange, in this moment, we could have a conversation. She didn't want to. They don't want to talk to us. Why do we keep... They want to They want to drive through us. They want to push us off the road. And we're kind of like, if I can, excuse me, if I could just get through, if I could, if, I, if you're, you know, you're not driving very nicely, if you could just please drive. No, they want to, they want to ramrod us. You know what we need to do? We need to leave them behind. We need to put the, the pedal to the metal. Wait, the metal to the pedal. Andy, it's the right way, right? 
metal of the pedal, and gas it and just drive. Just, uh, you know, I, 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 look, I have friends that are conservatives. They know that I'm open-minded about where they're coming from. We're going to disagree. I'm not going to give them, I'm not going to give folks a call in and want to use this as a platform to put their lies out there. I'm just not going to do it. But we have to stop thinking that we can negotiate with these people. There is no negotiating. There is only uh, their bluster, their ignorance, uh, yelling people down at, hall, at town hall meetings, at school board meetings. Yesterday, people showed what can be done if you do the work, you show up, you connect with voters, you get Democrats out, and that's what we have to keep doing. So keep doing it. And also, the other thing you need to do, um, I forgot to mention this, uh, please switch your uh, listening and your listening moment right now to a tune in app or to Facebook because you're going to start to lose me. As soon as the sun goes down, Andy, they start losing the, the terrestrial signal. So please find a way to continue to listen to us because you're going to start getting the little scratchy noise. Um, but if you can, and uh, talk to Judy in a moment about this, and I will uh, also talk to Dave, 773 763 9278. That's the number to call or text us, 773 763 9278. And Dan Schaefer will join us in just a few moments. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern in Rogers Park and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. Plus, uh, Chicago's very own Provisions Uptown at 2812 North Broadway is going to be having a tasting of Monaco Brewing beers this Friday. That's November 11th from 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock. You can stomp on by to meet the brewmaster general himself, Kirk Bankstead of Monaco Brewing Company. He'll be serving up samples of his entire progressive beer lineup, including AOC IPA, Kamala Stout, and the brand new and soon to be holiday favorite, Extinct Elephant Red Ale. That'll be 5 to 8 p.m. this Friday at Provisions Uptown, 2812 North Broadway in Chicago. Maybe I, maybe I should bring my equipment and just uh, go taste some beers. Let's talk about it. Anyway, uh, what else do I need to tell you? Oh, let's, you know, I need to tell you that Dave has been on hold. Hi, Dave. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey, Patty. Thank you for balancing it out. <laughs> <laughs> you, ought, you ought to do that. It's, it's fine. Um, yeah, I guess uh, from the sounds of it, uh, yesterday you weren't able to uh, take a, a page from Michelle Obama, advice about when they go low, you go higher. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I don't, I just keep going. I just, we have to drive around them is all. I'm not going to. Or you could do like that. Remember a couple of years ago, I think during the, uh, Trump's time when that, that uh, natives, the natives were having uh, a powwow and that kid was wearing like a oh. red hat. Yes. With that happy grin, you know. And they were mocking the Native Americans, right? I remember that. I think he sued and he won that thing. Yeah. Because it blew up, well, because it blew up, uh, like, you know, the media blew it up. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was gross. The whole thing was gross. But anywho, and and before I get to what I to tell you, I'm, I'm happy to hear that they finally took the advice and and you're able to do the two hours. Yes. I don't know how you do it. Like I've told you before, you're like my sister. She burns the candle at both ends like that, too, with all of the stuff you're involved with. And, uh, um, well, let me let me ask you this. You know, when, when she shuts yeah. down, does she shut down hard? Like you just don't hear from her for a solid block of time? Because that's what I do. No. I just, she, she doesn't do that? Way around. Oh, really? No, I, I go away. You'd never, you'd never know that she and I came from the same womb. <laughs> but, 
Anywho, I was going to mention that. Did you hear that one about uh, where where Trump had uh, threw, <laughs> threw his wife Melania under the bus? Yep. Over Mm-hmm. The, the Dr. Oz endorsement, that yeah. he was livid. And, that it was her and, idea, uh, right? And, the, and yeah. did, you, did you hear the whole thing about how if they win, they, you know, I, I should get the credit, but if they lose, you can't blame me? Like that was in an interview thing. No, Donald, <laughs> Donald heads I win, tails you lose, you know? That's so insane. But, uh, but you, you know, I wonder, did Melania go into the closet and get that one uh, jacket out there? I said, I really don't care, do you? Remember? Yep. She she had that one that she walked onto the plane with that time early in the uh, in their uh, when Trump was the president. And I do remember. Yeah. Wondered, yep. Everybody wondered what that was about. That, so. Yeah. And, I, th- um, I think she had I think someone that was close to her said that it was intentional, that she wanted to be like that. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and so get out of it. Then. How about uh, that GOP representative? Uh, Mayra Flores from um, Texas. Yep, she lost. Blaming the voters for staying home after she lost. <laughs> you know, she seemed like so confident before when she's on TV and that. And well, yeah. What do you think people are going to do when you keep telling them that the whole thing is rigged, that it's all fake elections? Like, well, then why would they bother? It's all a scam. Oh, you know, you keep yeah, you exactly. keep yes, yeah, swinging that bat. It's kind of enjoyable, you know. Regardless how it turns out, I mean, it's better than what they, they originally thought and uh, kind of watching these Trumpies eating their own now a little bit. It's kind of fun, you know, and uh, yep. I'll be curious when, I'm, when I get off, I'll be watching on the Facebook. I'll see if you still got any of these trolls sitting there. Oh, yeah, once in a while. Really, yeah, once in a while there's somebody there. Night, he was really crowing there, you know. So oh, I didn't even see it. Aww. Oh, yeah. Poor thing. You, to, you know what I, I like to think of them? I like to think of them as a, a, like a, a, like as a cockroach, and I put them in a jar and I put the lid on top and let them just think that they're, they're going someplace, but really they're just crawling on the walls and just sliding back down and going nowhere. So. Well, you know, the sad thing about that, too, though, is the fact that uh, if the nuclear bombs right hit, the only things living would be the cockroaches. Cockroach. <laughs> That's interesting point. Interesting point. Anyway, let me clear off so you right. get to the others, and thank you for balancing it out again. So of course. Well. Thanks, Dave. All Take right. care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Sorry, Judy. I just hung up on Judy. Judy, call back. You know how I get sometimes. I get all excited about pushing the phone buttons, and I push them all at the same time. My, I just, my finger just sort of. Sorry, Judy, call back. I've got, uh, I've got. <laughs> she wanted to talk about a candidate that conceded graciously. So give us a call back, Judy. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We're gonna have our friend Dan Schaefer from the Recombobulation area, who you should definitely be following on Twitter to find out more about what's going on in Wisconsin and subscribe to his newsletter. More in a moment on Driving It Home with Me, Patty Vasquez, WCPT 820 on the Heartland Signal. Information is power. Stay informed to know what's going on. Staying informed gives me the power of knowledge. I wake up. I need to know what happened. I turn on the radio. Because information is power. WCPT 820. Where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We have a lot of friends in Wisconsin and of course we were watching a lot of these races quite closely and uh, no one watches them closer uh, and is a better friend to us uh, on driving home. In Wisconsin is Dan Schaefer from the Recombobulation area. Uh, Dan, uh, how late did, did you go to bed like what, three or four in the morning? 
yeah, it was about three. Yeah, <laughs> it was about two thirty, three a.m. It was a long night in Wisconsin, but uh, some some encouraging stuff happened, so that was good. Well, okay, let me let me try to think because I've I've read so many of your tweets and like so I, I'm not looking at them right now, but the top let's let's go with the number one thing, which is Republicans did not get a super majority uh, in the General Assembly, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, they had a path to get that supermajority, which even if Tony Evers was reelected, which he was, uh, they would have been able to override his vetoes. There was a real, real concern for that uh, going into election night. But because of a couple key victories in some swing counties in the state, uh, Democrats were able to prevent that supermajority. So they won a seat, uh, won a race in La Crosse County, and they won a seat in the city of Oshkosh, and those two proved to be especially crucial to uh, making it so that uh, Republicans will just have a regular majority uh, with the gerrymandered maps that they have in the state legislature here and not a supermajority. <sighs> big, big win, ultimately, for uh, Wisconsin Democrats. Were you optimistic about those races, Oshkosh and La Crosse County? I was a little bit, yeah. I, so Oshkosh, I was a little bit more optimistic about uh, that's more of a typical Democratic uh, city, college town. It's where I went to college, uh, so I have a particular affinity there. But La Crosse was one, you know, that's the, I, I think Donald Trump won that district in 2020. And some of the folks who are smart about projections uh, said that that was, you know, a really likely pickup for, for Republicans. And uh, once again, Democrat Steve Doyle. Uh, able to win re-election there. He's won re-election every year since 2011 in that district. So he's been he's been tough to beat. Uh, so that's been a really important win uh, for Democrats in Wisconsin. Absolutely. And despite the significant and, as you've mentioned before, the most gerrymandered state in the country, their intentions were to have that supermajority. Uh, they were not able to accomplish that. And uh, the, the challenger to Governor Evers said that if he won, Michaels said that if he won, uh, no Republican would ever lose again. And uh, whew. I, I don't doubt those words that that was it would be his intent. So you've got to be absolutely thrilled that Evers was successful. Yeah, it was a really big win for for Tony Evers in that race. And, you know, Tim Michaels, um, you know, kind of coming into the race, the polls were putting him neck and neck. Really? The final Marquette poll before the election had the race tied at 48 to 48. Uh, and so yeah. Michaels came up a little short there. Tony Evers ended up getting uh, 51% to Michael's just under 48%. Uh, so a clear victory in, in Wisconsin, a 3% victory is pretty much amounts to a landslide, <laughs> considering how <laughs> close so many of our elections are in this state. Uh, and as we saw, and, and so many of the other uh, races, uh, statewide races last night as well. Um, so a really, really important win for Evers. Uh, for Democrats, they will save the veto. Uh, they will uh, be able to kind of carve out a path forward to legislating in Wisconsin because the, the uh, alternative was was really looking at a, a pretty bleak future uh, for Democrats in Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, I, I said all along that Tony Evers winning was the most important thing. Uh, that Democrats could do in Wisconsin. You know, maybe the the Ron Johnson-Mandela Barnes race may have attracted a little bit more of attention, just Ron Johnson being who he is. Uh, but I think really when it comes to the day-to-day 
political environment of the state of Wisconsin, reelecting Evers was the most important thing, uh, and they were able to accomplish that. Well, as you mentioned, what might have got a lot of attention were Ron Johnson, in part because of just how crazy he is and awful, uh, what his policy stances are in regards to whether it was COVID or women's rights or uh, Social Security. So many different issues that you would think people would go, well, that's insane. We have to get rid of that guy and Mandela, Mandela Barnes, who ran a great race. Uh, but I also want to know, because Mandela Barnes did fall short, but I am curious about the third congressional district where... I, I don't know if I was reading your tweets or somebody else's about uh, Brad Pfaff, who might have had a shot, and whether or not there wasn't much attention paid to that race as could have been to, to save that seat. Yeah, I think the folks, the Democrats in western Wisconsin have every reason to be pretty furious with the National Party organization uh, for the way they treated that race. You know, that the final result in that third con- congressional district uh, was about a 4% margin. Uh, it was expected to be a little bit larger than that um, with uh, uh, a district that had been trending towards Republicans in recent election cycles. Uh, Democrat Ron Kind retired at the end. You know, he's been in Congress for about 20 years, retired at the end of this term. Uh, there was a big expectation that, you know, Van Orden, who came close in 2020, uh, Trump won that district in 2020, uh, would be able to, to flip that seat. But he was also, you know, he was somebody who was he was at the Capitol on January 6th. He was on the Capitol grounds. He's, you know, a very much uh, in the mold of that far right MAGA Republican. Um, and the Democratic, uh, the DCCC did not invest in that race at all, mm. uh, put almost no funds uh, from the National Party into that race. And, you know, with with the House being as close as it is, you know, that's a seat that Republicans are going to pick up. And that's going to be a really, really tough one uh, for for Western Wisconsin Democrats and Democrats across the country to swallow, because that was a winnable race. I think a lot of people uh, were really frustrated uh, with the lack of investment uh, in that race, you know, just getting massively outspent by a Republican in a in, in a red trending district. Uh, and they just national Democrats have often done this with Wisconsin, uh, where they have ignored the state uh, to our detriment. And uh, that's a really tough one. Um, yeah, so I mean, this- that one and, and Ron Johnson winning. Yeah, those are those are some tough outcomes. Yeah, this guy's this guy sounds uh, uh, unsavory. I think I'm trying not to swear. Uh, <laughs> crappy is another. I mean, the things that I'm reading him say that he has said about how leftists cannot be Christians uh, puts homosexuality along up there with bestiality. Says that uh, all these different things. Uh, so I, I, it sounds like he's the kind of leader that will dismiss and will not. Uh, be a representative for those who differ in opinions. And that's disappointing that the folks of Wisconsin are going to have that uh, representing them in uh, D.C. So let's so the race of Mandela Barnes and and polling. I know that a lot of folks are looking at poll. Actually, let's do this, because I know that you were <laughs> wondering, like, hey, Michigan, what's your secret? And a lot of that had to do folks, I think, responded with it was referendums. It was the way they ran the races. I mean, it is kind of a model, I think, for a lot of places, whether it's Michigan, Minnesota, um, uh, Maryland. I mean, they were placed in Massachusetts, uh, but Michigan is probably the closest in comparison to the kind of demographics, wouldn't you say? Yeah, for Wisconsin, I think you know it's it's Minnesota and Michigan, probably the two most similar states. 
demographically, probably a little bit closer to Michigan. And I think, you know, we're going to have a really interesting uh, comparison coming up this this next uh, session here because Minnesota will have trifecta, Democratic trifecta control in, in their state government. Michigan will have Democratic trifecta control in their state government. And Wisconsin will continue to have divided governments, you know, with uh, with how gerrymandered our state legislature is and with, with Tony Evers as uh, the Democratic governor. So uh, they will pro- provide some, some pretty interesting comparison test cases for what type of legislation will we'll be able to get passed. And, you know, obviously with Michigan, with the referendums that they saw there, too, that, that is something that is not allowed uh, in the Wisconsin state constitution. And I think, uh, you know, that is something that, that Tony Evers tried to change in his most recent term to open up uh, that ballot referendum process. Maybe he, maybe now that he has he has won re-election and perhaps some of the Republicans in the legislature will have to realize that they can't just play keep away uh, for another four years and gavel in and out of these sessions. Maybe they'll actually have to come in and do their jobs uh, to you know give themselves a chance at winning some of these statewide elections, especially in-state races that Democrats continue to win uh, in Wisconsin. So, you know, it's an interesting dynamic. It'll be some interesting test cases to watch. What I would do is, uh, as soon as they decide they're not going to gavel in or do any work, I, if I were Evers' team, I would I would be having town hall meetings and saying, this is what I propose, and this is how your leaders have just fallen down on the job and don't want to do the work. That's what I would do. Yeah. You know, just hold, yeah. hold town, town hall meetings? I actually wrote a column in 2020 suggesting that Tony Evers call a special session every day. Yeah. Uh, until Republicans show up to do their job, just keep doing it until the until they fold, you know. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe something to consider if they consider continue the obstructionist path uh, that they have. Yeah, I agree. Well, and the next thing you have, the next big race, because we're talking about, I mean, you know, folks wake up today kind of either licking their wounds or basking in the glory. And a lot of us wake up and go, okay, now what's next? And for you guys, it's going to be your Supreme Court race as well, right? Because we just. Yeah, there's a a huge, huge race and it's it's not far off. Um, So the. There is a, the former chief justice of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, Patience Roggensack, is retiring at the end of her term. And it, terms on the state Supreme Court in Wisconsin run 10 years. Uh, so every one of these races is really important. Uh, and, and this one might be the, most, the best chance that, that liberals have of winning majority of the control of the court. Uh, and that would open up the door to challenge the ridiculously unfair maps yes. that we have in Wisconsin. It could open up challenges to all sorts of different things. Uh, and that election's right around the corner already. Uh, there, you know, a conservative candidate who, who lost uh, a, a race uh, for state Supreme Court in 2020 uh, is going to run again. And there are two Democrats, there are two liberal leaning justices who have announced their candidacy as well. There will be a primary in February and an election in April. So, you know, just right around the corner, it never ends in Wisconsin. So, you know, I think I wrote a column for Heartland Signal in May saying that, you know, we had 12 months to restore democracy in the state of Wisconsin. Step one would be to reelect Tony Evers and Attorney General Josh Call. Done and done. Uh, they did that. That's an extremely important one. Now we're on to part two, which is flipping control of that state Supreme Court, perhaps challenging the maps and perhaps really trying to uh, 
get this state back in a place where we can actually get some things done. Well, and with that, and, and again, let's have those conversations, too, and and, uh, and see what we can do to, to get folks involved in those in those Supreme Court justice races, uh, depending on, you know, uh, whether or not we should get involved in the prime. I mean, I guess it would be the candidate, whoever uh, wins. But we I would love to help with that. I want to ask you about how uh, the demographics work, because the just Chicago alone, our turnout was 41 percent. Yes. For the uh, gen, for this election. And uh, the biggest voting block was uh, was 55 to 64 year olds. And then second, I was surprised it was not my age group uh, and it was not older. It was the 25 to 34 year olds was the second biggest group. Have you had a chance to look at some of those numbers as well? I, I have not had a chance to see any of the exit, po- exit polling data, but that is really interesting. I thought so. That, uh, yeah. See, the young people really showed up. Great. Yeah, they they beat my group by by a few thousand. They you know usually when I was at a polling place, I was I was electioneering yesterday. I was very excited to get yelled at by conservatives. Uh, Love to roll my sleeves up and just get in there and tussle. Uh, but uh, it was a, I would say it was like seventy percent people that were over forty years old, and very few young people. And I know that some people were saying that at polling sites. And I wonder if uh, because they were all younger in the last few years, maybe mail in ballots was significant for them as well. Do we have any any idea like how mail in ballots affect at any races in Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, that we have what's called central count at a number of places in Wisconsin. Um, and so, like, for example, in Milwaukee, Milwaukee has what's called the central count. And so their, their Republican legislature has blocked Milwaukee from allowing to count those ballots early. So a lot of the time, you, you know, you have to kind of do the math in your head about where the results are because it's just the day of and you have to add the absentee after the fact. So that once the Milwaukee results came in last night, that's when it became pretty clear that Tony Evers was going to win re-election. Um, and it was pretty clear that it was going to be super, super close uh, between Ron Johnson and Mandela Barnes and, and Ron Johnson squeaking it out just by 1%. Just so tough. Um, I know. But, uh, but yeah, I think that was a huge part of it, too. And another big part of it, and I, you know, I'd be interested to see the numbers for, for the young voter turnout, is that Dane County and Madison's absolute turnout powerhouse. Uh, you know, Dane, Dane County is the fastest growing part of the state. Madison, a big part of that. Obviously, students are back at UW-Madison for, you know, a normal semester for the first time in a couple of years, normal election for the first time in a couple of years. We saw some lines just winding through the whole student union there for people early voting earlier this week. And the turnout in Madison was incredible. I think the uh, the clerk there in Dane County was estimating it could be 90 percent uh, turnout in, in what? and in Dane County. I'm sorry, uh, say so that again? What was the turnout? It was close to 90%, I believe. Holy cats. That is, that's that's yeah. amazing. I love that. An incredibly politically engaged uh, part of the state. And I think because the population numbers are growing in Madison, too, and, and it's just the Democratic margins are just getting bigger and bigger every year. I think Tony Evers in 2018, when he, when he beat Scott Walker, um, was uh, was let at about seventy percent in Dane County this year. He was over seventy eight percent in Dane County. So not only getting that greater turnout, getting the margins as well. So I think you know as we go forward in Wisconsin, Republicans are really going to have to reckon with that because they're just not getting any momentum at all uh, in the fastest growing part of the state. Oh, my God. That's that's wild. And I, I mean, look, I love I love Madison. I love Madison even more because our turnout in, in Chicago, 41 percent. Just saying. That was it. 
Yeah, Milwaukee was not was down from 2018 too. So yeah, tough one, tough one to swallow for for the city of Milwaukee. I think you know that uh, I think Mandela Barnes was a little bit ran, running a little bit behind Tony Evers around the state. You know, about two to three percent, which is kind of what you expect the difference between an incumbent and a challenger to be. You know, many thought Barnes being from the city of Milwaukee might juice his numbers a little bit there, but the turnout just didn't quite come through uh, in comparison to some other years. And, uh, you know, the mar- he was about even with Evers uh, in, the, in Milwaukee County, but it's just not enough to get by Johnson. Johnson's going to win by just about 25,000 votes. So, so close. Uh, well, and how long are those terms now? I can't even remember. My head, it's, is it? It is six years. I was going to say, is it six years? Oh, come no, on. Six years of Ron no. Okay. Sorry about that. I'm my, my sympathies, and yet congratulations. It's I know it's a mixed yeah. bag, really. I'm going to have to go crack a beer. Have to say that. Well, I know. Sorry. I, I, I was like, I, I didn't want to say it out loud. I'm like, oh, my God. It's just, like you try not to think about the term. Like, if for our, just for our, our general assembly, like they, they take, like the Senate, our state senators have what, like four, four, and two. Uh, yeah, four, four, and two. Like some of them will be like on a two year, and it depends on like what the schedule is and things like that. All of our, our House reps are two year terms. And I, I always forget how, what the federal ones are oh my god i'm so sorry i know i think it's congressional is two and then yeah congress is is it always is it all six or do they also have a weird schedule it's it's um six for senators oh cool all right fine yeah i'm sorry go get that lots, beer lots, lots, lots more ron johnson in our future sadly but, yeah and um, as a comedian we don't need this kind of comedy is all i'm saying go ahead <laughs> I think, you know, I do. So I, I wrote last week at the, I wrote a breakdown of the final Marquette poll, uh, last week. And I think there was a pretty wide assumption across the political universe that Ron Johnson was going to win reelection. Uh, and after I broke down that poll, I was, I was thinking, like, I think Barnes has a chance. I think this is going to be a lot closer. You know, I think a lot of people were predicting like a five point margin. I looked at that poll and looked at kind of where the momentum had been. You know, kind of following the debates and the home stretch of the campaign, I thought it was going to be really, really close for Barnes, but just coming up short. Um, you know, it's uh, it's. I think a lot of people are going to have a lot of what ifs about that race, but I think you know you have a two-term incumbent in Ron Johnson, who is has outside groups massively outspending Mandela Barnes. Mandela Barnes running. You know, he's the 35-year-old candidate running in the first race like this. It would have been really something if he were able to pull off the upset and oust Ron Johnson. Uh, but I think, you know, it's a testament to, to his campaign being a, being a pretty strong one uh, that he was able to get as close as he did. But, uh, of course, you know, there is no, there's no uh, prizes for almost. No. Here, right? So, no. There, so there it's, it's really a tough to swallow. <laughs> well, uh, cheers. Uh, I'm going to go home after this and grab a beer as well and uh, contemplate. <laughs> contemplate the next uh, few months heading into uh, both our city elections in Chicago and uh, figure out what we can do to help your Supreme Court races as well. And uh, continue our conversations. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, sounds good. So I have one more thing, too. Congratulations to to the Illinois governor, uh, Pritzker, on winning re-election. And now we've got four Midwestern governors that all won re-election. Yeah. Uh, last night in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Michigan, all uh, all keeping their Democratic governors. We just got to do better. As my as my Indiana listeners uh, will tell you, I need to do better about Indiana. So I will uh, get on that as well. I have, I have more time now. <laughs>
Follow, there you go. Follow Dan Schaefer on Twitter. That's S-H-A-F-E-R. And Recombobulation Area. You can see his website's right there under his Twitter account. And we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Thank you. Let's take a break. Here we come back. I'll take your la- we'll have a few more words with Judy and Jim because I hope I'm Judy. So she's got to be first. More in a moment on Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. You are listening to the Heartland Signal. This is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. Let's let's wrap this up with uh, calls from Judy and Jim. Hey, Judy, what's on your mind, my friend? Hi, Patty. Um, I wanted to add one more thank you to that litany of thank yous that you just had. I think Effie Salvi, who was running against uh, Tammy Duckworth, she did what you're supposed to do. She called her and congratulated her, conceded, and said, I hope you you know everything goes well and it was a really quite a nice concession you know, very quick but nice concession yes and i I don't know whether we should, now we're down to thanking people for doing what they should do, but in this case and with the the current things going on. I thought she deserved one. That's very cool. Yeah, I agree. If you're gonna, if you're running to represent people and work for them, then you should work, especially if it's a race where it was about your values and what you're going to fight for, and it, it doesn't become, it doesn't, you know, devolve into complete nastiness. Because I, uh, I, I, I think that we've gotten to the point where, uh, you know, I know Tammy Duckworth ran a great race, and I'm glad that uh, that Kathy Salvi saw that. Yes. Exactly. Thank you so much, Judy. That's I have lovely. my eyes on the clock, so I have to get off. Have a good evening. <laughs> you too. Let's get Jim on here for the last call tonight. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind, my friend? Uh, thanks, thanks, Jay. I just wish that uh, the president had a physical uh, New York Times with him. Our uh, Truman, uh, Dewey defeats Truman kind of thing. Because I think it was that kind of a day, you know. He should have had the physical newspaper with him because, I mean, let's face it, last night I was going to bed thinking that oh, this is a real disaster, but it's a mitigated disaster. Yes. At least I saved my sanity for a few days. <laughs> sure. Anyway. Hey, how you know I mean? how great is that Lauren Boebert race? Look, I mean, I don't know if she'll lose, but uh, it's nice to know that, 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 that there are possibilities out there that we weren't even considering because we just well, wrote off yeah, some races. And I'm glad, and I'm glad yeah, real quick, and I'm glad for the kids, the kids coming out, I think it's fabulous. The other thing is, why did uh, O'Brien have such a tough time with that not down in that Supreme? That was, I sweated that one out till late in the night. O'Brien versus... Uh, yeah. Oh, so they were having trouble. Yes, she yeah. did, yes. Uh, so I was talking to the comms director, Maggie O'Keefe, is comms for Mary Kay O'Brien, and they were having issues with returns, that's all. 
Oh, I see. Yeah. Because that it, it kept me up. You know, I, mean, I kept staring at the TV. My eyes are dead. <laughs> I kept staring at the TV. What is this? You know, I what's know. going on down there? I know. And I was going to sweat that out. All we need is one lunatic, and the whole joint goes up for grit. Anyway, Terry, yeah. thanks for taking my call. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank Bye. you so much. And Mike Crute's up next with the Devil's Advocate. Thank you, Menachem Brewery, for your sp- sponsorship. And again, there's a tasting uh, on Friday at uh, an Uptown. We'll talk to you more about that tomorrow. Thank you, Andy. Uh, and have a great night, everybody.